Rants at the Movies, a podcast where we rant about films you may have seen at house parties. I'm one of your hosts and Jack of All Trades Mono, and being a complete bitch to everyone not from New York is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Oh, that's everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But that's not it. Flying in on a crocodile-themed helicopter to cause mayhem is today's special guest, Ian from Cult Connections. <laughs> Hello, guys. Thanks very much. It's actually, you know what, it's nice to get out. Um, <laughs> it really is. I do. I don't. I don't do many guest test slots, so uh, um, uh, mostly because nobody actually asks me. So it's <laughs> really nice to to come on. No, well, we're deli- delighted to have you. But would you like to tell the folks a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Um, yeah. So my um, my their podcast is called uh, uh, Their Connection. So film, uh, their sort of TV, um, a little bit of uh, their sort of music things like that, but. Uh, and it's uh, there's a different theme every uh, this sort of week, and we um, generally talk about three things which are um, uh, they're sort of connected, and there's some some their way. So hence 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 the name, and you can find me on all on all your podcast apps. So I am out there. So just look for Cult Connections. I, I listen to myself regularly, and it's great. I have to say, you are way more knowledgeable than either of us when it comes to movies. <laughs> Um, I wing it there, Mono. That's how that's how it works. If <laughs> if, if you wing it with uh, this or confidence, then uh, the folks don't actually seem seem there to notice. But uh, <laughs> and this we we've been trying to get you on for a while. In fairness, um, yeah. So I know it, it was um, yeah, not so good, was it? So we were all set up, and then um, uh, I wasn't well. I was flawed. I had this. Uh, the virus that's absolutely wiped me out, and then, uh, and then, and then for yourselves, work. I know that your 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 night, uh, yeah, work schedules. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of doing a, a a monster film for the last week of October, we're doing a monster film for the first week of December. It is a horrible month. But we're talking Lake Placid today, and oh, I'm not quite old school, but um, old school feeling monster flick from 1999. Yeah, definitely. It uh, it's got it, it does. It has. Um, it almost seems like a, a, uh, a their successor to see like their sort of jaws or um, the alligator um, or going further back some of the fifties. Their sort of B films. It 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 has that sort of feel uh, there to it, but. Also, it's a very late, uh, this sort of 90s film as well, isn't it? It's, it's, it has all those, uh, this sort of elements as well. And, uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a good fun film. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I have to say, revisiting it, I had completely forgotten how much of the dialogue is hilarious and how completely horrible most of the characters are to each other <laughs> throughout it. Oh, I've always loved this film because it's monster doing monster thing. Yeah, and I like been, it when monster monsters. You've been waiting for this for I ages. Have. I <laughs> love Lake Placid. I I just I'm stupidly fond of this. That cow getting nailed by the croc. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and you reminding me that that was um, the same effect that they used in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah, of the cow getting hit by the car. You know the I can't remember the name of the character. The the bank Baby robber face. guy, Babyface uh-huh. Nelson. He shoots a cow and, and then he runs crashes into one. <laughs> and the CG effects that they used were based on the same, or were from the same company, and they just used the same CG cow that they had for the croc biting it. 
quite right. Yeah, yeah. I love that actually. It's funny. I yeah. Uh, um, I watched a film, a terrible film, a terrible sci-fi film um, from from the nineteen ninety one Dead Space, um, which um, reuses uh, this sort of model work from uh, the Battle Beyond uh, the, the Stars. All right, um, which, is, which has reused millions of their time. So there's lots of really bad eighties sci-fi films <laughs> that, have, have that, that their model work and. Uh, <clears throat> I was like, mm, I've seen this before, <laughs> but but why not? You know what? If you're working on on a, a this sort of budget, it's uh, it's absolutely fine. It's good stuff. This holds up really, really well, though I have to say. Again, oh. it's it's Stan Winston, so Stan Winston effects rarely age badly. It was a fully animatronic, real, basically real crocodile. Yeah, that and went always- in the water and did all the things that was needed to do it was always going to hold up yeah minimal cgi oh absolutely we always bang on about that (laughs) over here on monorants practical effects practical effects always uh hold up i think even though um you you know and wider than that like um like this sort of quality wise like they sort of the cast is really good yeah oh yeah you know you know quality actors uh, the the music, um, the cin- cinematography, it's all, it's you know, it's all like uh, all this sort of quality work. It's good stuff. There's nothing, there's nothing really bad about about the film at all. So it's uh, no, I have I have one or two very small gripes when it comes to this film, but we'll we'll get onto them in due time. Yeah, we should probably go for our normal summary before we we dive into specifics. The attempted summary. Yeah, I normally mess it up, but we'll try and get through it in one go. (laughs) When a grumpy asshole sheriff is witness to a grisly death on a lake in Maine, a mean asshole paleontologist gets sent by her asshole boss to investigate a prehistoric-looking tooth found in the dead body. Once there, she teams up with the sheriff, a know-it-all asshole fish and game agent, and a crocodile-obsessed asshole to track down whatever asshole animal keeps killing on the lake. Yeah, everybody's an asshole, and I love I, it. I just couldn't get over it watching it back the first time. Everybody's so horrible. <laughs> yeah. Particularly Kelly. When she gets to Maine, she's really not happy with why anybody. Why does she have the can of Raid? It's like, only like, why would you do that? That's so stupid. I'm sorry. You're outside. It's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dumb bitch. Like... <laughs> Oh. It's interesting though. I was watching it, and um, obviously seen it at at, at the time, and I've seen it a few times uh, uh, there sort of since. But I haven't haven't seen it for quite a while. But um, one thing I get from it is that I know I know where they want to go with the uh, um, uh, the characters, especially the leading uh, their sort of two. So mm. so so Bridget Fonda and Bill. Uh, this sort of Pullman, and I can see what what sort of angle that they're working at. Um, but to be fair, those two feel a bit under. Uh, they're sort of written actually, so it's like you want a a a sort of nineteen forties style sort of romance where they're where they're sort of firing off each other, you know, zippy. Uh, they sort of dialogue, but Bridget Fonda's way too. Over the top, you know, character-wise, a lot of shrieking. I She's do love too... though when she keeps slapping the sheriff in the boat when that's, he throws the yeah, moose head. The moose head bit is brilliant. Yeah, 
<laughs> but there are times where it is. She just she takes the the being afraid of main things so far. It's impossible oh, not to be offended. Everything. I'm like I I'm not from like America at all, and I'm really offended on behalf of people from Maine because she just keeps going on about how horrible they are and how there's no manners and how. They'll all go deliverance as soon as they get into the woods. <laughs> it's just, it's nonstop. <laughs> as, yeah, and why is she so snippy about everything? And like, because they ask her a genuine question, which is, why would a museum send somebody to look at a tooth? Well, it, I think it's it's not so much why they send her to look at the tooth. It's why are you hanging around so long after you've looked at the, the tooth? tooth? Yeah, you can just take it and fuck off. <laughs> but she gets so defensive immediately, and it's like, oh, okay, calm down. But yeah, the. The chemistry is a bit underwhelming between. Um, There's more of a love story between Sheriff Kiao and Hector Cry. I, I was I was about to say that the dynamic between Hector and the sheriff is way better than anything between Kelly and Jack in the film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think actually that those are two are the are the better written like this sort of characters. You probably could have gotten rid of Bill Bill Pullman's character and actually emerged. Him and and Brendan, uh, they're sort of Gleason. They're, they're together, um, and to be fair, you might have had a more uh, they're sort of efficient film. I think that the two characters, like you, don't need two law enforcement people. I I feel so. It, it almost feels like a little bit overkill on that sort of sense. They could uh, they tightened it up for me with that. Yeah, Bill Pullman is very underutilized in this. He's just kind of there. He is very forgettable in this. Yeah, and which is a shame because I like Bill Pullman. Yeah, I mean you were only bigging him up last week. Yeah, but like he is, he is forgettable in this. He does just kind of fade away, except for times when he's standing there, kind of doing his charming smirk. And especially once Hector shows up. Yeah, that he's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, I do feel. Yeah, there's one. One sort of character, too too many there, so it, it yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really work for me. Though that said, I, I can't see cutting anything out of this film. It's very short. It's like it's a well. I mean, not, what, not in a bad it, way. It's just it's it's not even it's what eighty minutes. Is that seventy five? Just about eighty ninety. I think it's one hour twenty two. Yeah, and um, oh, maybe you had a longer version than us. <laughs> You might have had a couple of extra scenes. <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? But actually, you know what? And I and I like that. I like. I actually like a film that's there an hour and a half, or 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 slightly shorter than that. Um, and I go back and I do watch a lot of uh, this sort of vintage, uh, uh, their stuff. I cover, I cover things from the thirties on on onwards on my show and like mm. like a regular run sort of time would be one hour um like this sort of 20 minutes for lots of films lots of main like this sort of features and but what it gives you is um is a is a tightness to the like this sort of story um so so there's nothing extra there's nothing you know there's no there's no sort of flab to it it's it just it gets to the point you know the story zips along um and and you see it especially with the modern films there's not many that are less than an hour and they're sort of 45 minutes yeah. if not longer and yeah aha uh-huh, i must i like i like the fact that it's a good it's a it's it's a good length 
Yeah, it'd be very similar in in that. Yeah, we are, we'd like kind of that ninety minute mark, maybe ninety to to an hour and forty five. And I think same, you can keep it good and punchy and keep people's attention without it dragging on too long. Obviously, there's exceptions, but generally, yeah, I think you should be able to tell a story in ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, when once you don't overcomplicate it with stupid bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually there's very little chaff in this story either. They no, they once... do cut it really well. You've got it starts off with guy going to tag beavers, guy getting the shit scared out of him by said beaver, guy getting eaten. Yeah. Cue fish and game guy. Or like it moves along, it just goes bam, bam, bam. It's like, I'm not going to Maine, then she's in Maine. Yeah, there, there, there is that kind of I'm not going there cliche. Yeah. I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, cut to them, them doing, doing it. it. And it does it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the start moves along really quickly because you have, yeah, you're cutting between scenes of her in New York and scenes in Maine until they join up and then they get to the lake pretty quickly. And then the rest of the film is just on the lake. Yeah. With Mrs. Biederman. Yeah, with the occasional occasional um, detour to Betty White's house. <laughs> <laughs> an absolute shining star in this film. Oh, I love me some Betty White. It's really interesting about that one. So I would say I did, I did have a good sort of troll through um, her her back, like this sort of catalogue, as it were, just to have a look and see because certainly if you're my age, then. Betty White is um, uh, they're the Golden Girls. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they sort of comedy, uh, they sort of roles, but quite, quite sort of, quite sort of fluffy sort of comedy, maybe quite sort of safe sort of comedy, and uh, there's an edginess to to their Betty White in this one. Oh yeah, um, you know, certainly language wise. <laughs> so you know, she comes out with a few things, and you're like, oh, okay, right. Oh, well, um, I didn't see that one sort of comment. One of her first um, lines when she says that her husband died and the sheriff says, you know, we have no record of that down in the, the office. And she goes, oh, well, incomplete records haunt me so. <laughs> <laughs> Sets her character up straight away and it just continues the whole way throughout the film. Anytime she shows up, it's just brilliant. It's so funny. So I had a look to see... You know, because obviously Betty White's been around since 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 the before uh, sliced uh, bread. Really yeah, early. She's older. She was early. older than sliced bread. I love that. <laughs> but um, to actually look at her work, and she's done. She hasn't done any other other sort of horror type type of film at all. Oh. And I know this is a a, a a sort of comedy as well, so that that fits in for her. She's got two other. Uh, uh, they sort of thrill. So she's in two. Um, uh, they sort of thrillers. So she's in one. So she's in a. She's in an early sixties. Uh, their thriller, and then she's in. She's in something else round about the same time as this film, which is another thriller, but no, no sort of horror type stuff at all. And I was a bit. I would have liked. I would have liked to have. I've maybe thought that she would pop in, pop up in some other stuff like this, but no, it's fairly much. It's all sort of comedies mostly that she's in. A few sort of dramas, but it's mostly sort of comedy work. So, so it's absolutely brilliant seeing her in this role. I think it's. Uh, oh yeah, if this is yeah, this is the uh, only kind of horror role we get her in, I'm I'm glad it's in this. Yeah, ah, she's in them. Um, she's in um, action film Hard Rain with um, 
Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater. Oh, I All do right. like some Christian Slater. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the, the you mentioned it earlier, the kind of the level of the cast in this does really help <laughs> when you've got yeah. Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt and Bridget Fonda and Bill Pullman and then Betty White all as your main characters. Absolutely, and yeah. Kind of the, the few deputies and stuff that are supporting are fine. You don't really focus on any of them too much except for the one that Hector would like to sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting character. I, I found this one, I found um, this all Oliver Platt and I was like, uh, and he turns up and he gives a great uh, uh, this sort of performance. He's obviously he's, he's uh, based on my you know the likes of Steve, uh, this sort of Irwin sort of people like that. So and uh, um, not really a role that I would see Oliver Platt in. Yeah, it's not. I would be like, oh, well, this is this is quite. It's um, he's he's obviously funny in it, and uh, and he's great at that. He is a you know great funny actor, but. Um, this sort of action, you know, crocodile hunter style sort of figure, and I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah, you pull it off really well." He's, uh, you know, he's really great in it. He does. He pulls it off really well. But I loved the bit towards the end where Kelly comes to see him in his tent, and he gives her his little speech about staring into the eyes of the dragon and it having more dignity. And she's like, "Stop the bullshit!" And he just goes, "Nah, fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> and the stuff, all the stuff with Brendan Gleeson is just brilliant. Oh, and all his pit traps, yeah. all, and, all his back and forth of the pit traps, yeah, and the snares, and he—he's walking around with his penis out. <laughs> Startled me. Building up to the uh, the fight, as it were, at the end you when he tells him, he tells him he knows karate in karate. You're supposed to say go in karate. Yeah. That yeah, he didn't say go. You're supposed, supposed to, say to say go. go. You hurt his feelings. I will say actually, when I was when we were watching it the second time, there was I was again. I was just like the dialogue is so good, and I looked up the writer, and it's David E. Kelly, mm-hmm. and he has written and created a ridiculous Everything. amount of shows. Did you happen to look into it at all yourself? Um, I actually I didn't look at the writer, no, which is uh, which is not like me. I, I usually would. Um, I think I focus more on on the the director for a for a change, but uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, lots of. I I actually I normally would focus on the director as well, but I did. I looked at the writer this time just because I was curious. David E. Kelly has created Big Sky, Goliath, Mister Mercedes, The Crazy Ones, Harry's Law, Boston Legal, Boston Public, The Practice, Ali McBeal, Chicago Hope. Picket Fences and Doogie Hauser, MD. Ah, nice. And, and that's not even everything. <laughs> no. Doogie Hauser, MD. Um, <laughs> now, interesting about that one. Now, now you mentioned then uh, the Ali McBeal, because I do believe that um, the Bridget Fonda was... She... She was a, uh, uh, she was the actress that they wanted for the lead role. Oh right! Um, she didn't want to. Uh, uh, they sort of commit, I think, to a, a big sort of TV show, and actually turned it down. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, that makes sense now. Actually, I think she, I think she did this film so that she could work with them. All oh, right. Yeah. And I I did uh-huh. notice when I was looking up her credits, she actually 
after around 2001, 2002, didn't do much in the way of acting. So maybe that's why she wasn't interested in taking on a, a TV role. Because Ali McBeal ran for um, about like five, six years. I don't know. I never watched it. All right. <laughs> I didn't. Bridget. All I ever saw yeah. was The Weird Dancing Baby and that was enough for me. I was like, nope. <laughs> also, Clista Flockhart was so, so thin and her head scared me because proportionately it was so much wider than it should have been and i didn't i didn't like as as a teenage girl i didn't like looking at that no so i didn't want it <laughs> but when you think of say like boston legal and i know ali McBeal was kind of known for that that was a lot of quippy dialogue yeah well back peter and forth. and stuff like that and boston legal with um fucking ah william shatner william shatner and, and uh, David Spade? No, no, not David Spade. Um, no, James Spader. James Spader, sorry. That would have been <laughs> Daniel very, Jackson! That would have been a very like, different show if it was David Spade. That would have been. That would have been like a weird Spin City mashup. It's interesting. Bridget Fonda was in, in a, a, a car accident, actually, in, uh, in 2002. Oh, that might be um, why. <laughs> and then and, uh, and then she got married. She got married to Danny Elfman. Oh! Um yeah. Oh yeah. wow. <laughs> and um uh still married there to Danny Elfman, but uh yeah, she hasn't worked since. I think she's uh you know, raised her family and just um and it is a surprise because obviously Bridget Fonda is acting uh, um uh, this sort of royalty as it were, you know. She Go comes Danny from... Elfman as well, because she is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mind you, if I if I married Danny Elfman, I wouldn't work again either. I know, but would you marry the man? <laughs> He's who... bringing in that Simpsons money, that Tim Burton money. That Oingo Boingo money. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're but, actually um... on tour at the minute, because I follow him on TikTok. <laughs> but, but but in a way, I think it's quite, it's, it's uh, I mean, you know, you know, Bridget Fonda, obviously, you know, so she's, you know, stopped making films, but um, a little bit sad in a way in that, um, you know, the generations of, of their Fondas, I hope there's a, I hope, I hope that there's a new one that there comes along and, uh, you know, takes up their, their, the mantle of, uh, of, of, of their, the name, you know, it would be a great one to sort of carry on if there was a, another Fonda out there who's going to, you know, um, they take up the, the the mantle of the Hollywood sort of star. That would be, you know, brilliant. There is a whole load at the minute of kind of Hollywood stars from that era whose kids are acting now. Obviously, for us, the one that springs to mind is Jack Quaid because he's on The Boys. But there's loads of other... Oh, there's tons of them. You've got um, Max Irons. Yeah. Uh, Clint Eastwood's son. Scott. Yeah. Scott? Yeah. Scott Eastwood. Yeah. Who he's basically like just Clint in his thirties. Oh right. Yeah, no, exactly the same. He was in the Suicide Squad. The shit. Oh, of one. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Schwarzenegger is going to be in Gen V. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole load of them. There's a whole rake of them. Right yeah, there. so there's a and there always there's, has there's been a, fa- as well. a fonda-shaped um, hole in the acting community what's at the his minute. Name that was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America with this dummy head. He's uh Goldie oh, Hawn um, and Oh, um Wyatt? Uh, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt. Uh, Something. His dad was in Soldier. Russell. Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Russell. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> I said you're going to be like the computer or more tennis shoes because yeah. that was the only movie I could think that he was in. <laughs> um, oh, God. But yeah, no, so that, yeah, I think you're right. There's a fonda shaped hole in the, the acting community at the minute. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think there is. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, the Dustin Hoffman's son as well. I know he's been in. Uh, he's he's been in a few things. So um, we missed we missed the obvious one. Brendan Gleeson's sons. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got a question for you guys actually. Yeah. So the Brendan Gleeson, obviously great um you know, I Irish actor. And uh so so how how does it feel when you see him you know, because I you know, because I thought accent wise and I he was great in this, but I do is there uh this sort of you know, how how do you feel when you watch him and, and you know think of his like their sort of accents, do you do you kind of pick up on it, or do you you know do anything like that? It'd be more turn of phrase and mannerisms. Yeah. He doesn't hide it in this either. He does play into it a good bit. Yeah, but it the accent. Yes, yeah, it wasn't so much the accent. There's one or two bits at the start where the accent's a bit dodgy, where we can kind of hear the Irish coming through. Nobody can shout but, not in an Irish accent. <laughs> Michael Fassbender especially cannot shout in not an Irish accent. Yeah. It comes out he's from Kilkenny, so that's going to happen. Um, Kerry. Oh, no, he's Kerry. Is he Kerry? But it was. Oh, no, 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 no. Killian Murphy can. Yes. He can. <laughs> I'm sure Brendan Gleeson can as well. Yeah. Um, but it, but is it was fun because it was he's the a turn. Dog, it so was the turn of phrase. Yeah. We were when we were watching it yesterday for our second watch through. We, there was a couple of things we picked picked up on. The way he refers to people as sarcastics, uh huh, and he refers to Hector as a mental a couple of times. That's a real common thing. That's a very Irish and particularly we'll Dublin thing thick. to do is to, is to say you're you know like yeah oh, yeah he's a sarcastic because he calls isn't it? he says to Kelly oh, or he says to Jack she's a, she's a rude sarcastic so you'll get along because he's one of, he's one of them comedic sarcastics. Yeah. He calls him a mental and it's uh, very very common in Dublin to hear somebody being called a thick. Yeah. English people insult people by calling them an absolute something. <laughs> yeah. We'll call you the yeah. object. We'll call you a spanner, a spade. So calling them a mental is, is yeah, it's a really Irish thing. Because <laughs> we're like, But he, like, oh, he is Sheriff Joe, though. So we yeah. were like, he could be Irish. <laughs> he could be, you know, second, Especially third generation. Especially when Hector's like, I, I don't know your backstory. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. That's that. That's a thing. He could be actually, couldn't he? Obviously, you know, uh, they're yeah. they're America's based on their uh, their sort of immigration. So he could well be Irish. That's a thing. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like in um, uh, uh, they sort of Fargo, isn't it? So that that um, the trying to remember the name of of the state. Uh, they sort of Minnesota, I think it is. So so North Minnesota and. Um, that's where all all of the Scandinavian, uh, they sort of immigrants, they settled. Yeah. So they have that amazing accent. I love the Minnesotan ac- accent. Yeah. Donna from Supernatural. She's oh like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. You betcha. Yeah, yeah. It's so sweet, and you can hear the Scandinavian in it. And um, we you have can, friends yeah. who are Finnish, and when they speak English, it would be a very similar cadence. So you can hear it in their accent. I love it so much. Yeah. Now, uh, now, now. Uh, now an interesting bit. Now I know that uh, I know for yourselves you love the egg uh, there, the boys. Now, now talking about actors and when they start shouting and and their accents they come there through. So obviously the boys are are, are sort of superheroes, um, flawed superheroes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to put it yeah. mildly. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but if we go back to Superman two, so Terence. Um, their stamp, brilliant actor. Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. 
so 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 their gen general zord and their terence stamps very much he's doing his english actorly uh, their sort of voice you know so he's got all that sort of going on now there's a scene where he's in i think is it the uh, he goes to uh, uh, the the daily planet and he's on uh, the the television and he's and he's calling out for for the superman and and he starts shouting you know you know who is this the superman and you can hear his 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 a cockney accent come out <laughs> so, uh there so everyone should actually go back and watch that that they're seeing there just to hear <laughs> uh, the stamp go all, all sort of cockney just for that that sort of brief bit but uh i love that oh and in that outfit as well that would be amazing because <laughs> he was he was proper acting in that to offset the super low v cut of that like unitard thing yeah yeah the, and the <laughs> go all cockney in it no oh i said no i just had an image of brian blasted in it and that's gonna haunt me for a while <laughs> that's on you yeah that's on you uh-huh. moving along I think the only character we probably haven't talked about is the monster himself, the crocodile. I know. They never really give him a name or refer to him or friend. No, it's definitely a male because we see a smaller female at yeah. the very end. Spoiler. Ah, we do spoiler. When we have guests on, we do spoilers. Ah. <laughs> He's a big boy. But it's still, uh, yeah, it looks great. And it's only on screen for just shy of four minutes. And at least I think... he didn't try and kill anybody like the actual Jaws one did. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kept getting waterlogged and malfunctioning. Yay. No, there was reading a fair bit in the trivia about the, the kind of construction and stuff, and that was one of the main concerns. The main concerns was well, water. Like, yeah. this thing is going to be in water all the time, so we absolutely have to make sure well, it works. As well, when you look at Jurassic Park, the T-Rex kept getting, it got waterlogged and kept malfunctioning and nearly crushed a guy to death. Yeah, I don't think there was any near deaths on this. No, but like a, that was probably the biggest takeaway they've had from anything they've had to build is make sure that it can be waterproof yeah. because it is going to get wet at some point, even if you don't think it will. Yeah. And this one was definitely, definitely, definitely going to get wet. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to get wet. <laughs> but yeah, no, and it's, it's a testament to all the people who made it because it's still, what, 22, 23 years on, it still looks fantastic, particularly the scene where it's right up close with Hector. Oh. And you have the overhead shot of Hector and then this incredibly long beast. As yeah. well. And then when it goes for the decoy and yeah. you get that full body lunge out, it's really nice. And even the, um, the couple of quick CG shots when the deputy's head gets taken off, leaning <laughs> over the side of the boat. It's only a quick shot, They're but it looks home. it still looks well. But yeah, anytime you the few times you do get to see the croc in in its glory, it looks great. It yeah. really does. And that's the thing, and I think actually using it, you know, sparingly is 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 the the way to go. I mean, if you think of say um the alien. Yeah. You know, a great film, a fantastic looking film, but um, you know, one of the one of the actual highlights and one of the things that actually ramps up the the uh, uh, this sort of tension is you don't see uh, the uh, the actual uh, this sort of creature that much, and 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 um, the, this film actually does it in 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 the, the same way. Now, obviously, there's there, there is uh, this sort of budget and and sort of practical reasons for it, but. You know, you know, it's funny because we live in an age of 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 the CGI where 
where we see ev- everything. So they're blockbuster films now. Are you know you get all of the sequences and uh, you know they're all sort of huge. And then if it's a space film, there's like spaceships everywhere, and um, you know um, they the. Uh, uh, they're a superhero film, and you know buildings are being you know blown up, and you know there's a, there's sort of havoc going uh, on all over. But I love the thought of actually you don't need to show show something to to you know make it work. Actually, that uh, that the tension and and the, the thrills are still there, even if you just get a a, a sort of glimpse of what's going on. Yeah, and it, that's something that we always end up going on about as well. Is it's especially in in a ho- any kind of horror setting. As soon as you see the monster in any sort of like full light or in, a, in its entirety, it's it's it less scary. Weird. It better be scary in the daylight. Yeah, because there's no point in giving me glimpses of something and not following through on it. Mm. Alien Three is the one we always end up talking about when they when they try to be like, "Hey, look at this CG," and they put the alien in full CG, and you see it practically in full daylight, and it just looks crap. Even, alien Covenant did it as well. Yeah, but even more modern remakes, like we watched uh, it, and I absolutely adore the original of that. Yeah, I love Tim Curry in it. I'm absolutely, I actually have full blown coulrophobia, and I love that. Which is surprising. I think it's because he is a clown that kills. So that's what you expect of clowns. <laughs> yes, I expect clowns to eat your face. So um, <laughs> I can watch that. But in the remake of it, like, and not to shit on Bill Skarsgård or anything like that, but I just found him not scary. Yeah, they they give because away they too try, much too early because they tried to make him so much more evil looking. Mm. They failed and made him stupid, and you lost it at the very very start when he goes to get Georgie. Yeah. And he goes cross-eyed when and he goes to bite him, and that was it. You were gone. You I laughed, and, and I, I just couldn't. After that point, I was like, he's not going to be scary to me. The girl with Whereas, the shards in her eyes, she was scary. Hmm. But Pennywise himself, no. He was just ridiculous. And even the way he moved and everything was just weird and creepy, and they had, those children had plenty of time to leave. <laughs> yes. But it didn't. It just didn't have the same impact as the Tim Curry one did. No, and and this film, and we covered a couple of weeks ago, we did The Relic, and that was quite similar, if a little bit more gory, and also studio uh, effects done by Stan Winston Studios. So again, another live creature, and that thing is fucking weird looking. It's weird and creepy, but then when you they do the DNA breakdown on it, you kind of go, oh. Yeah, it's got the fangs and the tail. Yeah, cool. but it it has the same. You you never it looks see good. you see it a bit more than say you would you do the crocodile in this, but you never get it full until towards the very end of the film. And it's, and then it's, it's way like more right effective. Up in the face as well. It's all yeah. I think it's way more effective. Yeah, yeah. But it's I when you have a good creature, even something like this that is basically in full daylight most of the time or murky underwater shots, mm. and it holds up the whole time. Yeah, it's a, again, practical effects always yeah. win. Practical effects always win. <laughs> yeah, and this is, a, and this is, a, and it's interesting as well because being nineteen ninety nine, um, the trend very much was CGI as well. It was, yeah, and I'm trying to think. I watched, um, oh, oh, oh no, what did I watch? There were a few months, but oh, I watched um, end of 
the days there so the so the Arnold Schwarzenegger oh yeah I have it upstairs we're, we're actually cons- <laughs> considering doing it in a couple of weeks I went on a okay. mad buzz a couple of months back okay, well, and um, basically bought every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie there is so uh, is it is, is it worth I'm, doing for the podcast you 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 give us oh, a, a, give us a yeah, sneak preview yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely no no it's it's a uh, yeah it's 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 an interesting film I'll just see I'll just say one thing for you and maybe one thing there to look out for. So there are there are a few scenes which have their fire. So either something gets always one of them blown up or, yeah. or there's you know fire involved. So just just bear that in mind when you look at the film and, th- and think mm. uh, uh, the sort of visuals because. Um, uh, some scenes work and some scenes don't with 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 that. Fire is always hit and miss as well. It doesn't matter yeah. what size budget they have, if fire's always dodgy. Like it Stargate SG one is a really good example of they use petrol to f- make yeah, little, explosions. Like, yeah. fire bombs because that it looks look, way better than CGI fire. And it's literally like <laughs> a little tiny cap full of it, so it's really cost effective. <laughs> <laughs> But there are times then in that where they have like explosions in space and you look at it and you kind of go, Ugh. yeah, yeah. yeah so it pre- is, yeah, there's a fire is just one of those things. It's kind of like water when they did Captain, or not Captain Planet. Um, oh, fab, F-A-B. I've forgotten the name. What? Fucking Thunderbirds. What? Uh, Thunderbirds. And what was the other one? Captain Mysterion. And then there was the ones with the puppets. Captain Scarlet. Captain Scarlet. Yes, and, sorry. Sorry. And the what was the underwater one? Stingray. Yes. And trying to make water look small just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. The droplets were always massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And fire always looked massive. What would be a tiny flame was like engulfing a building. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, CG fire is, is always one of those worrying things. It's always worrying. So yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for that when we go on to end of the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. But no, no, great. F- uh, yeah, yeah, good film. Um, an interesting film. The director actually makes a, a a short cameo as the pilot who flies Kelly down to Maine at the very start of the film, mm. I discovered. Oh, the but one she yeah. tells, she asks him to please not talk to her. <laughs> yeah. The politest she is to anybody. And even then it's kind of bitchy. Yeah. Because he's just like, trying to give her information about the flight and she's like, just don't talk to me. Yeah, go away. That's a, but that's about all I know about the director. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, well, Steve Miner. So he 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 directed the first two, um, the Friday the Thirteenth. Um, oh, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. So that so that's uh, that's where I know him him their best from. Certainly, uh, uh, their directing wise. But uh, and it was interesting because um, this film wasn't particularly uh, they sort of gory. Um, mm. But what I love about about the first two. Um, their Fridays is it? Uh, they are gory. They are the most sort of gory of 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 the the films, and then it actually gets less less uh, they sort of gory as it as it goes on. But uh, I did think that so. And and you mentioned it earlier there, the scene where the uh, uh, the, the the deputy gets his head uh, they sort of bitten off, and I was like, oh, we could have had a. <laughs> Had some blood spurting or something <laughs> else going on, but uh, but no, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, you know competent their director. Certainly, he's a good uh, good director. And that's that actually has just kind of made me consider something there. Considering that's we've got good horror 
a good horror director because he also directed Halloween H2O when this mm-hmm. this was delayed due to bad weather. He went off and directed Halloween H2O and then came back and did this. And then you've got a writer who's written so many shows and a cast that's as good as it is. This only has like 5.4 on IMDb and a 38 on Metacritic. And I can't understand it. People don't like monster films. But... People just think but monster so films good. are stupid. Yeah, I know, but people just think monster films are stupid. They don't... It, like, that's the whole point, is that it's man versus beast. It's, can we outthink this thing that's been doing its thing for millennia hmm. and is an apex predator and not a fucking... It is a keystone species, but not in this fucking context. Um, <laughs> yeah, you took umbrage with that, didn't you? I really you? did. <laughs> it's not what it means. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting as well, so... For for a film like this, you know, it is, it is a horror film, a a um, like this sort of creature film. I think it's unusual actually to have so many quality uh, like this sort of people working on it. So, um, like sort of cast wise, you know, like like sort of Bridget Fonda was at her peak at this at this mm. time. She was, you know, she was right up there. They sort of all all of a plot. Billy Pullman, um, who usually wouldn't wouldn't be in a film like this in in their sort of peak sort of era. Yeah, and this would have been peak Bill Pullman, wouldn't it? Yeah, ninety nine, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So like like you would do a horror film at the start of your uh, their sort of career, or maybe sort of later on. Um, but in that sort of that sort of peak time, that you wouldn't really do it. I mean. But you know, just sort of quality throughout. Stan, uh, Stan there, Winston. Uh, the the music's by John, the Ottman. Again, another quality. Uh, 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 their sort of composer as well. I mean, you know, so, you know, someone who scored big their films. Um, it's it, it's it, in a way, it's maybe too 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 well made for what it is. Um, in a way, yeah. Or was it? marketed wrong because i i always kind of this for me i don't i don't think of it as like a horror film or or like a a monster monster movie it's more in the vein of like a it's part summer blockbuster as well because it's it doesn't take itself very seriously yeah but it was also up against deep blue sea same year oh but that's that's a terrible yeah that's (laughs) that's, that's, i agree (laughs) but but big shark like Shark. It was shark versus alligator. Oh, hang on. When was Anaconda? Was Anaconda around no. uh, around the same time? Maybe a bit earlier. Were people just kind of tired of? And the Matrix giant... was out that year. Yeah, were were people maybe tired of big monster once you know one big solitary monster movies Doing his thing? Like, because when was Godzilla? Ninety eight. Uh, I think. Have a look. Let's see. And um, and the relic which we did a few weeks ago. And was... the mummy was out in ninety nine as well. And the mummy was such a huge. Oh, success. the mummy was huge. Yeah. Like I don't think anything stood up against the mummy. Okay, so it's, for maybe the Matrix. So the mummy and the Matrix were out the same year as this. Maybe mm. that's why. But that still doesn't really explain the low rating to me. Anyway, I think it's a really good film. I think it deserves at least more than five point four. Anyway. I I th- that's an interesting one. So IMDb. I'm if something. There's a there's a there's usually a, a huge shift between in in sort of quality between something that's rated in the fours and something in the fives. 
mm. there tends to be a big shift between so something that's rated say four point sort of two could be pretty pretty rubbish. Yeah. Something that's rated like this one, five point four, is actually it's got lots lots going for it, lots of uh like their sort of quality. So it's uh yeah, it's a strange one. If something's rated five and, and over on, on their IMDB, I'm more in my head I'm more likely to think there'll be some really good stuff in, in that. Yeah, because a lot of what we cover tends to have the six and a half rating on IMDB and yeah. and, and we always love it. And it, maybe it's just but our taste. I have taste. no taste. So. <laughs> yeah, or our lack of taste. In but fairness, then Super other... Mario Brothers is one of my favourite <laughs> films. And then <laughs> the fucking Secret of Nim, which is yeah. a mice. <laughs> Little cartoon mice, like, fuck that. But we've, yeah, some of the films we've covered have had, like, Bunraku, I think, has, like, a three-point-something on IMDb. But I really, really gorgeous. love Bunraku. Hmm? Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yeah, really enjoyed that. It's a visual feast. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Um, Baraka is another one that just kind of gets. Well, Baraka is a different beast altogether. Yeah, I because love it's that. not really a conventional <laughs> film. Uh, you know, there's... yeah, it's a collection of of events, <laughs> situ- observations. <laughs> but yeah, I think, and I, I don't even know that this film has much of a cult following. Really, does it? Um, it's interesting. I, I, well, I tell you what. I think, I think, I think the best way they, they to maybe see about that is when we stick it out and uh, and see what sort of um, uh, this sort of reaction that we get from from their people because I think that's always a good way to gauge it. Mm. So, is it, oh, crikey, there is a there is a monster going across there, the screen there. As we One of our cats um, being unusually silent, appearing on screen as opposed to <laughs> appearing in audio. Nope, there she goes. Um, I did, I did. I'm in a, I'm in a, um, a, this sort of Discord, um, they chat with lots of other film there folk, and I, I mentioned about 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 um, you know, watching this this film and doing the doing, uh, they the guest slot, and uh, a lots of people came back and said that they that they like it. So, oh, good. I think it's going to be yeah, aha. Uh-huh. So, um, it did as well. Interestingly enough, it had. Uh, I think it had at least three TV sequels. Yeah, Four. I saw that. There was there no, was a two, there were three. And there was Lake Placid Legacy. There was Lake Placid into, Legacy. And there was Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think there might even be another one that's like Lake Placid Returns or something oh. like that. So well, they all look well, awful. There was like, they do uh, all look awful. And you like to do films yeah. in trees, so... <laughs> I maybe let you take well, the sequels. Well, I, I, well, you know what's funny. You should mention that because um, there's there is this weird sort of side um, the genre where lots of lots of films like this one actually do get um, you know TV their sequels. Mm. So uh, they believe it or not, um, the original. Their Stepford Wives from uh, from their nine seventy five mm. has got three their TV sequels there to it, and there's lots of other films which are the same. Uh, oh, well, which is just absolutely fascinating. One of our like, one of our absolute all time favorite properties is a TV spin off from a big Hollywood movie in Stargate SG one. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, and it's I had like uh, four. Uh-huh. And that, yeah, that was. Four. And then another. 
three two films. Yeah, two two made two made for TV films and three TV shows. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all for it. And has just been acquired by Amazon Prime. Yeah, we might get some new Stargate eventually. Sweet. Eventually. But yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating uh, uh, thing. There's lots of things that have uh, have have sort of TV versions that you maybe don't don't uh, don't they know about. So. Um, thinking back to the seventies, Westworld. So, so now we know Westworld's a big, um, a big now. There's HBO, yeah. I think do it so so big, massive. Uh, the series. There was a very short-lived Westworld uh, TV series from nineteen eighty. Uh, I think it got about six. Uh, they sort of episodes. Uh, uh, like I said, didn't last very long. But folk don't know about that. It's like, what? What Westworld got a TV series back then? It's like, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, uh, I was vaguely aware of the old one as well. Uh-huh. Sure, Blazing Saddles had very briefly had a TV series. I think it was just a pilot. <laughs> they still tried. It, on, on, yeah, we have a, a special yeah. edition Blazing Saddles DVD, and there's the, they have the pilot for the Blazing Saddles TV show, and oh, <laughs> yeah. it is woeful. It, it is so bad. <laughs> There's, there's lots of odd sort of TV sort of spin-offs that 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 they didn't last very long or or as we know they're remakes. So funnily enough, so um so one I did cover on my podcast and uh, going back to uh this sort of Betty White and um there was a pilot made for a the American version of um the Faulty Towers. Um there was a few, I think. Hmm? There was a, didn't they try it a few times? There is there is actually three American versions of it. Yeah. Um but uh, but but they the first one didn't get past a, um their pilot stage and um their Betty White actually but plays she plays the the Sybil Faulty role. Oh right. Yeah. Well uh-huh. if some it, I'd have confidence in her ability to do it. Uh it doesn't actually work. Oh, no. Because they're, because she's not acidic White. enough. She's not, no. She's, she's just... plenty acidic in this. No, but no, <laughs> no, 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 no. She's still kind of lovable. It's like when your nan sweared at you for the first time. <laughs> when you're like 16 and she calls you a little bastard and you're like, ooh, hello. <laughs> Especially my nan because she was from Belfast. So she had the, like... She had the accent. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um... No, she doesn't have that because when you think about Sybil on the phone eating taco, going, mm, I know, I know, and Basil's trying to tell her something, and she's just like, Fuck yeah, off. yeah, yeah. I suppose she doesn't have that venom of being married to somebody for so long that that you loathe, <laughs> but you're stuck with them. No, 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 definitely not. I tell you what, I do like about this one, and actually going back to uh, like this sort of Betty White in 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 the day of the film. Um and um obviously spoilers, but what we do find out is that the Betty White's actually feeding the the uh egg this sort of crocodile and she thinks of them as like her 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 her, her sort of family or her uh egg this sort of pets as it were. Mm. Um and and of course, you know, you know Betty White did obviously egg this sort of pass away not that long ago. Um but one of the things that she did, she was very big on her animal, um, egg, their sort of welfare, uh, egg, they looking after animals. She was uh, an animal, egg, their sort of lover had had, um, egg, their sort of dogs and did lots of, uh, 
like this sort of charity work mm-hmm. for uh for for sort of animal um like this or charities and uh um I did I I did think that was nice actually this sort of character also does lots of nice work for for uh, this sort of animals just its killer like this sort of crocodiles which is uh, uh slightly different that is actually kind of neatly bringing me on to, to one of the last things that I think I'd like to bring up is it's nice. It was really refreshing to see a monster film where at the end of the monster film, there's a, a, a you know, a genuine effort to try and save the monster, which is refreshing. Yeah. No, that they yeah, go from, yeah, once they like, realize it's 150 they're like, years old, we need to save it. Like this thing's a freaking like, yeah, this is a, a one in a million crocodile. Yeah, he's like, huge. Well, he's ancient. He's the only thing, in a lake the only in Maine. The only thing we know about that lives that long are like, Greenland sharks mm. and that's because they live in incredibly deep incredibly cold water so how the fuck does a crocodile mind you like when you're that big nothing else is going to really eat you and that's kind of the main thing that they eat each other yeah but there's I don't know. a lot of cannibalism in the crocodile alligator <laughs> yeah. world but that's what once you get to a certain size yeah it's only things like human intervention that are going to stop it so mm. it is kind of fascinating to think that a crocodile if it lived that long could get that big because yeah. we know to a tara do Yes. Tara could just keep on getting bigger, and so do lobsters. So, why why not a crocodile in a lake in Maine? Yeah, but I just I don't know. Maybe it was just it, it or Loch Ness. Thinking about it in twenty twenty two when <laughs> nobody seems to want to listen to scientists anymore. Yeah, it, it was nice to see a, a monster film end on a, a note of you know conservation and listening to sensible people. They were going to go keep it in like an empty oil storage facility. Well, that was, I, th- I assume, just short term. Yeah. Well, that, like, we have, have somewhere it, we can store they it. They did have it on the back of a flatbed, which would have been a fun day. It was a, it's a nice ending shot as well. <laughs> the giant crocodile on the back of the truck. I love I loved that. That was brilliant, wasn't it? It was great. On the freeway. <laughs> it, also, it also led to one of my favorite bits of trivia in IMDb, which was that a, a typical flatbed truck in the United States is around 48 to 53 foot in length and around eight and a half foot across. Meaning the crocodile on the flatbed at the end of the film would be at least forty-five foot long. The rig depicted in the scene is a single axle tractor pulling a trailer that is at most thirty-five foot long, putting the croc somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty foot. And I like that this person went through all the effort to try and mathematically work out how big the croc was, despite the fact that they say thirty foot about Roughly. ten times in the film. <laughs> Roughly. Yeah, but people do that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. People do just come on, <laughs> we do that. We get we go, hang on. No. Well yeah, I out. would, but not if the film is already bothered to work it out for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's just the model. I don't necessarily need to verify the information. I was like, the cool, they just filmed me. the model arriving on set. Oh and that it is. It's just, <laughs> that is the model being transported. Yeah. Because I've seen the ones where they moved um one of the like the T Rexes for one of the you know, like the show that we went to see that dinosaurs live. Oh yeah, yeah. Those big model animatronic like dinosaurs, Being and they just have the them. The trucks. Yeah, they just have them on open bed <laughs> trucks just to give people on on the motorway something to look at. That would have been a sight, I'd say, if you were if you were anywhere near filming and that thing drove past you. Yeah. <laughs> what? In fairness, some of the sh- I, given where I grew up, a lot of filming happens around. Yeah. Where I grew up as a kid, so we used to got used to seeing all sorts of weird shit going past on the back of lorries most recently they did um disenchanted uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't they reshoot all the stuff that they shot in ireland in no England? not all of it because <laughs> the bridge i threw up off is still in it and similarly <laughs> despite despite this film taking place in maine apparently none of it was shot in maine oh yeah 
That's a shame because it actually is really pretty and it would have been a really good kind of like, hey, come visit Maine. It doesn't actually have giant crocodiles, but look, it's kind of pretty. Come camp. I bet it smells really fresh. It looks like it does. And beavers, I'm always down for a beaver. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you could use it as an advertisement for no, Maine. if it were shot genuinely, in Maine. genuinely like charming and like the little town that they're in before they fuck off. Yeah, I will say, apart from the giant crocodile, it yeah. looks like a nice place. Like, to it looks like a really nice place to have, like, a, a little cabin on the lake. Yeah, I'd take, I'd take Betty White's place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I would go there. Yeah, it looks lovely. But I think that about wraps it up for Lake Placid, unless there's anything you'd like to add, Ian? Um, oh, just one thing, actually. So, oh, Of course, yeah. Uh, just for the cast, and um, at the start, uh, so, so Bridget Fonda's boss stroke... Their boyfriend is uh, played by Adam Arkin, which is Alan Arkin's son. Ah. Uh, which uh, tying it back into our chat earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so I love. Well, he he they came up and I was looking because I don't think he's actually like, they're sort of credited on 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 their screen for it at all. No, I didn't see him actually. And I was looking at him and I was like, "Who is that? I know who it is." And uh, yeah, so it's uh, Adam Arkin. Yeah. It's Trevor. So it was great to see him. Trevor, was that it? Yeah, he's the one that he broke up with her. The boss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To yeah. go off. Uh, the cheating to boss. To get back with Mariska Hegarty. Of course, yeah, we didn't even mention Mariska Hegarty. For her as very, a very brief appearance. role at the start of the film. Yeah. <laughs> as the other woman. Yes. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm coming in, I'm trying to be all like, but we're friends, really. No, die. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it is. Uh, it was a delight to go and rewatch this film. I hadn't watched it in years, I think, and I'm glad you suggested it, Kira. And what you did yeah. suggest it, yeah, I know because I love it. Monster gonna monster. Yeah, monster is gonna monster. No, uh, yeah, definitely holds up. Still really enjoyable. Nice short, punchy film. Yeah, sarcastic sheriff. What more do you need? <laughs> and of course, Ian, thanks for joining us. And would you like to remind folks where they can find you before we finish off? Um, well, well, sort of podcast-wise, and in, on any era players, Apple, Spotify, uh, all of the places, Cult Connections, um, uh, social media-wise, there's only really one place that I hang out, and that is uh, this or Twitter. So you, so you will find me there. You will actually find me there at uh, at Connections, their cult. So it's uh, changed around a little bit, but I am there. So if you have a have a search uh, before it uh, uh, falls. <laughs> uh, there to bits and gets uh, taken over by uh, by um uh, uh, the sort of Nazis and uh, that is where you'll find me. So we are we are much the same. Don't worry. As our listeners know, they are well used to backwards Twitter handles because our Twitter handle is Rants Mono. Rants Mono, yeah. And <laughs> though we do have an Instagram page, we don't use it. It's Mono Rants underscore the underscore boys. And we have an email address as well where people can send their own rants. It's monorantspodcast at gmail.com. And Ian, thanks for joining us again. It's been a delight. Oh, you're very, very welcome. It's been absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Instead of encouraging people to go back and listen to previous episodes, I'm going to ask them to go and check you out if they haven't already. Thank you very much. And we will be, we will be back next week with our usual undecided films. Yes. <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Mono Rats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. 
This is sci-fi.